You are listening to episode 37 of The Bastards of Kingsgrave. As usual, this is Amin, and I'm joined by some guests today who will introduce themselves in reverse alphabetical order. Oh, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, I'm uh, Michael or Mordian on the forums. Hi, this is Lee. I'm Lord Manderbly on the forums. Hi, this is Greg. I'm Claudius the Fool on the forums. And we may be joined by Amber again uh, later today. Hopefully she'll jump in. Um, Today we're continuing our survey of the Martin Sphere. Specifically, we're doing uh, Sand Kings, which I believe is in the George verse. Is that correct? Yeah, I believe so, because they've got Baldur and everything, so... It definitely is. We're doing a spoiler full review of Sand Kings, which uh, I believe is most easily available in Dream Songs right now. Yeah, but it's also, it's one of his most famous short stories, so you just search Sand Kings, you'll find it. Has anyone read the graphic novel version of it? There's a graphic novel? Yeah, I just bought a copy of it. I'm waiting to to get it done. I have not read it yet. I want to see text for me, yeah. It seems like yes. one that would fit the visual medium quite well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's the kind of story where everybody will picture things differently, I'm sure. Like, I don't know how you guys pictured the Shambler, but that, that was the one thing that I pictured <laughs> this, like, sad-looking bulldog, bulldog kind of thing. But uh, I definitely want a Shambler. <laughs> I have it as sort of like a Lovecraftian Shoggoth sort of a thing. <laughs> just just smaller yeah, and cuter. Yeah. Mm. Okay, what we're going to do is uh, we're just going to go through it. Uh, have a spoiler full chat but we'll start off with our uh, lemon cake score what did you guys think i'd give it a four and a half 4.75 it's one of my favorite short stories Hmm. um it's just it's like a brilliant mixture of like horror and sci-fi and it's just so much fun Oh, I don't know if we're going in reverse order again. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I no, actually we're going f- middle, middle to the beginning and then to the end. Uh, it's a bane of your existence is the ordering. Yeah, system. I know. Just the alphabet. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually gave it a five. It's it's as close to a, let's say perfect, but it's the most fun I've had reading a story in a long time. Um, I, at no point was I ever like taken out or, you know, didn't want to put it down. I read it in one sitting and it just, you know, like you, you said, Lee, it was, it was horror, sci-fi, a little bit of everything, but I just... I loved how he made you care, you know, hate Cress and then kind of feel bad for him. And then I still don't know if he was actually the hero of the story or if, if there was a hero. But I just I loved it and I, it was so much fun. And I just I want to read more in the uh, in the Martin verse. And I've only read three or four so far, but I'll give it a five. I'll be that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I agree completely. I mean, I sort of um, almost don't have anything super specific to say. I liked everything that he did. Basically, it was uh, you know, it was a good story across the board. Just want to say that Catham, uh, Catham Lane exactly. was the hero of the story. Just the right. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that puppy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'd say probably like a four point five or something. I think I'll give it a five as well. I think I gave I think I gave five two unsound variations, and this is like that one, one of my favorite short stories. I really enjoyed reading it the first time, and I still enjoy the rereads. So I'll put it up there near the top of his game for short stories. Definitely. Okay, well, let's just basically just jump and go through it. Like, you know, if you circled anything, we can talk about it. Uh, but I do want to give a bit of a backstory on the story. I think I'm reading uh, the Wikipedia here, and it says that the story is partly influenced by uh, his fellow student Martin Newell. He was at university at Northwestern, who had a piranha tank and would sometimes throw goldfish in between horror film screenings into the <laughs> tank. So that inspired the story. And uh, apparently he was planning to do multiple woe and shade type short stories in different planets, but didn't follow up. So that's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That does make sense. They have the feel of like a 
like something that would easily sort of extend into that's like a minor supporting character. So they don't show up in any of the other Georgeverse stories, as far as you know. No, no, I don't recall reading them. It would fit if they were in like Meat House Man and they were expanding into that market or something. There. <laughs> I wonder how that guy feels to be like, you know, the inspiration for the story because the the character Simon Crest isn't exactly the best of characters. He's like a ready to be sociopath, basically. Like I think he's an example of like you tolerate animal cruelty. One of the results of that is like they'll move on to humans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I was trying to think if the even the name Cress wasn't meant anything because I know uh, Nancy Cress is a pretty popular sci-fi author. They're contemporaries of each other, and they've been published in anthologies. But I, as far as I know, I didn't find any real crossover between them personally. But it's not that common of a name. But I just mm. that was the one connection I was trying to trying to make. Hmm. But she writes very similar, you know, a lot of space opera stuff and and some more you know personal you know uh, emotional sci-fi stuff too. Like if George would write you into one of his works, would you like take it to be even with this kind of character? <laughs> I'd take it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What if you were like the guy in Meat House, man? Uh, He's, no. I guess, maybe more pathetic, but also more sympathetic. So. Mm. That's true, yeah. So Simon Crest is very well to do. Yeah, he seems to have a ton of money. Yeah. yeah. Like, I think once or twice it mentions that he has to take care of some sort of, you know, uh, vague business, uh, but... Basically, he seems he's a the main uh, stockholder of the the company in Meat House Man. Yeah, that's where he gets his money from. But that's he fits that type of character. Yeah. Well, we we don't know what he does. He could just be some like you know copyright law attorney who's just hyping up how exciting his job is, you know. But but he does know a couple of assassins and you know erasers type people. Yeah, like it seems like ten years that. ago he had to use one. I don't know if it was for work or if it was just he was pissed off at somebody. But it's like he's used assassins before. Yeah, he definitely. Uh betrays some of George's like 70s hippie dislike of men in suits <laughs> hi guys oh you're here hey. awesome yeah, hey. after after I wanted to be early I ended up running late well just tell us quickly your uh, lemon cake rating for the story I gave it a 4.75 or maybe like a 4.9 I love this story hmm. um I'd read it about it. I read all George's stuff about a year ago. So I had, had to reread and I'd forgot just how, how quickly it sucks you in and how gripping it is. Um, I don't like to give anything a five cause I'm just that kind of person, but I loved it. <laughs> I don't know if you heard, but we, we just were chatting about how the character and story were inspired by someone George knew who had a piranha tank. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's, it was kind of interesting that oh, I hadn't heard that. Yeah. You're going to kind of wonder what kind of, brain takes that and runs with the idea of having a piranha tank. Yeah. In the wrong in the wrong hands, I guess. So we're basically just gonna go through it and just like talk about things that stood out to us and just you know like the woe and shade. It kinda had that like, you know, horror uh, film or short story feel, but there's that store, that creepy store that you go in. Such yeah. a cool visual. It would make a great like Twilight Twilight Zone. Oh yeah, um, it, w- it was. Could have done this one. It was Outer Limits episode. Outer Limits, yeah. And it was a dual episode, but it just they they messed with it. They should have just stuck with the original story. Yeah, and they... I've never seen it. Why is it terrible? 
I mean, most Outer Limits stuff are terrible in that good <laughs> nostalgic way. Like I grew, I I remember like the newer color version of Outer Limits, and it has some of my favorite you know episodes. But they're all very campy, and you know. But uh, I don't I don't recall this one off the top of my head. I probably saw it, but I didn't make any connections between that and this because I don't remember Bo Bridges doing uh, anything about Sand Kings in that episode. But I'm sure there were. What? I think it uh, caught the terror of the book, which is good. I mean, but it's just. I don't know. It, it felt like it just it, it would have just been easier just to be closer to the original material. It's so good. It was just they hmm. have all this side stuff that was yeah. relevant. Because that's the way it is. Even though it, it is in Martin's uh, George verse, it doesn't really matter that it is. It doesn't really you don't really know. It's just some guy in the planet. Like you can just do that. You can do that as a standalone episode. <laughs> so what do we, what do we know about Asgard? Isn't that where uh, Rob and Laya came from in uh, Song of Liana? Or Song of Laya? Is it? Isn't that, isn't well, that there? I know they came from Baldur. Baldur. Yeah. Yeah, they're from Baldur. Okay. They'd, they'd referenced Asgard a couple times, so I know it has yeah. been referenced. Good. That's the, that's the background of it, but there's not, not much else relevant to it, I guess. That's obviously a Norse god centric planet, or that's, you know, <laughs> where they took their names from. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So he, this uh, Simon Crest has already been in this kind of like animal fighting, or just having you know, he, well, not really. I guess he's just having exotic animals. He's in, into that. He needs something to spend his money. Well, he's yeah. clearly kind of a sociopath. Like <laughs> he takes the, the killing very easily. The way you treat animals is kind of one of the first signs of a person's uh, like ability to feel empathy, and he does not come away with like great marks. <laughs> yeah, it's like Joffrey cutting up kittens or cutting open cats. Yeah, it doesn't seem like any of his most of his friends have much empathy either. <laughs> it's the ones that do that kind of stand out and they're, they're ostracized for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and his whole thing, he doesn't even care about the animals. His whole thing is finding something to entertain his creepy, shallow friends. Mm. Right. I mean, and I think more than entertaining his friends, he's he he likes watching the animals uh fight, I think more than just uh I mean, obviously he is interested in trying to shock and and uh excite his friends but i think it's personal uh, more than that too uh when when he goes in and and they say shade does not seek customers i didn't even really think about that the first time i read it it's just like a simple line but, yeah that was one thing i wanted because when i re when i reread it there were all these little references to you know not shade necessarily being a sand king but like the uh you know the workers that come in like did any of you pick up on anything weird going on your first time through or was that all just a big reveal because i didn't yeah. really pick up on that at all yeah, it was a reveal later. It never occurred to me initially. Well, because they're, they're different. They're not exactly the same, uh, the form of them, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. But he had said how he like never saw any life form remotely like it and didn't yeah. know what yeah. they And he picked up on it. But, but well, I, I, was, so, I was new to his short stories at the time, so I didn't really expect this kind of like reveal stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder uh, what Shade looks like now. Maybe he's at the house. <laughs> he's the one yeah. Shade. Like he's yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, right? I mean, like, that was what I was thinking. Like, is he actually, like, really incredibly enormous? Or does the Maw eventually also uh, mutate into another form? Mm. Yeah, I was thinking of that because yeah. she says he's a Sand King, so he's one of the workers, right? One of the, the mobiles? He's not a, not a Maw? No, he, no, he um, is the Maw. Like, uh, I think that's the terminology. Because, I mean, her thing, yeah, her thing is that it's only one creature, right? <laughs> so the workers are just workers. Shade is the the thing, or at least that's the way I took it. I don't that know. would make sense, but I, yeah, I, I must have missed that. 
the big insect creatures who carry everything around for shade and woe are the the workers. Yeah. Yeah, and he says the term Sand King is wrong because it's really a queen, and then he says, well, it really is just a hermaphrodite. Or yeah. it's all one thing. But, like, so, like, the second the maw dies, the workers should die. I think there's kind of a bit of an error, and that's what happens later on when two of them die, they just die, right? But then at another point, it's like, well, when the maw dies, they, the workers will starve to death because they can't eat. But really, they should just die right away, and they do because they're all one mind. Right. Yeah, that that seemed to be like sort of an odd continuity thing there. Unless but, yeah. it was just like they're just become like instinctual insect, like they just like run like without a brain. They're just like a. Just yeah. Like- yeah, I think uh, I think that shade actually is one of Sand King because I'm just looking at it here. It says, uh, "Don't be absurd. A first stage Sand King is more like a sperm than an infant. Um, only one in a thousand becomes like shade. Adult Sand Kings are not sentimental about the maws. There are too many of them, and their mobiles are pests. Doesn't that mean that he was a Sand King that evolved into some other type thing?" Or yeah, I, he, I mean, he's a maw. Like he, he's a maw that maybe yeah. evolved to something else. But like, he's not a mobile. Like it's not. It, he's still. He's still the brain. Okay, I'll allow yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is he? I kind of took from it that maybe. Like he became a maw. Or, I don't know. No, I, like I need an I, anatomy book on this. No, even just that, <laughs> the paragraph does say it like that. I mean, like that's what exactly what it means. Like they, they start out as a, as a maw and they grow and they become something else. But like. That's how they start up. He didn't start off as a as the one of the mobiles. No, mobiles that was is his arm. Okay. Yeah. We yeah. keep losing Amber. Yeah, she keeps dropping in and out. Maybe we'll restart the call. Also, so I was just uh, re-looking through some of the story. Yeah. And or I guess I'll wait for Amber, but hmm. well, alright. Um and the, the... <laughs> I had forgotten that he invites Woe over to the first fight. And that's sort of another point to his um, unpleasantness, I guess, is that, like, she's just like, look, like, like, he's dumb. You know what I mean? Like, he's not just like, oh, he's yeah, not, he's not like a clever kind of like Hannibal-esque sociopath or something like he doesn't. He's not creative or. No, he thinks he is. But definitely not. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he's just sort of crude and cruel. Yeah, I like that uh, the eventual description of. uh his portrait on the castle walls as, a, <laughs> as an idiot god or a cruel idiot god. Like, I mean, that's totally what he's like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. The Sand like, Kings see right through him. Yeah, that's the big thing. It's, you know, how he, he basically is the stand-in for, like, this biblical Old Testament god who is literally, like, messing with the weather, causing famine, causing, you know, <laughs> to the to the Sand Kings as the people, which I like how that was George's way of... I mean, he says a lot about religion in the story, but he, uh, he definitely is not a... Uh, not a not a not a likable god or a or a forgiving god. So yeah, we we talked about that kind of continuity continuity error of like when the maw dies, they should die right away. Like it could be that they could they would just be alive just like without a brain. But either way, they're done when the maws. Yeah. And I think it was dead. just easier for the to give him the 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 idea to that let kind him of explanation know that he was winning or whatever that he was able to kill. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I think that's why they. Had the maws die at the same time, but yeah, I guess you know it could go either way. Either they could just kind of stumble around. So that's pretty interesting. Uh, like, I mean, George is good with coming up with these kind of like really well, like alien or exotic ideas. Oh yeah, like you know the Grishka. That's definitely along along the lines of those. They're not your typical <laughs> uh, just creepy alien creations. There's there's layers to them. It's not just like for the shock value. There's more going on there. Yeah. Okay, it looks like Amber's had to leave. Oh, no, but, I'm back. Uh, <laughs> But oh, she's back. Okay, good. Interruption. Um, 
to go back to my thought from five minutes ago, I was thinking about the about shade. I kind of took it to mm. mean that that he was a mobile, but but just that once they evolve to a certain point, then they are more autonomous. But I guess that doesn't really make sense. That's what I, I thought just, too. But at least I'm not the only one. But it didn't sound like the maw could, because the little guys were evolving into something that kind of did resemble him, whereas the maw just got <laughs> more and more creepy and alien. No, he's he's definitely. We never a, saw shade. Yeah. He's definitely a maw yeah. because on like the second. On very beginning, when Woe shows up, um, you see three days later, Woe arrived at Simon's estate with dormant sand kings and a work crew to take charge of the installation. Woe's assistants were aliens unlike any he was familiar with, squat, broad bipeds with four arms and bulging, multifaceted eyes. Those workers are the workers. Both of them are shade. Like like shade is the maw that's controlling sure. them. Yes. That, yeah. Okay. I okay. I got that. Those are like his fingers, basically. Yeah. Like, are your your fingers are you? But I mean, still, your brain is really more you than your uh, fingers. Oh, you just blew my mind. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, but but imagine you could just you could send your fingers out and they could walk around yeah. and do stuff exactly. like for you. Um. Although <laughs> she still. Well, I guess. Um. Woe talks to the the mobiles and they do what she says, but I guess. It's, it's all just They're just relaying it psionically. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, but so the question, yeah. or I mean, my question anyway, is just what uh, Shade looks like at this point, because yeah. Woe said that they were coming, right? That Shade was going to come uh, at the very end yeah. to clean up the, the mess. And so I wonder what Shade is like at mm. this point. If it's... Yeah. It, it, I mean, it, does, it doesn't mean like he has to be like a small, like a stuck in place maw forever. Yeah. Like the third form could be like a giant like sure, yeah. titan or something that walks yeah. around. <laughs> who knows? Yeah. Who knows what it is? Yeah. But I, I, I thought it was funny if that building was actually. I didn't think about it till now. Yeah. What if like that that whole building was shade? Like he stepped into shade and because hmm. <laughs> does, does it have a description like that? It's like it's the windows are misty. Yeah, there's and there's yeah, a fog. There's no. There's certainly no yeah. breathing. Uh, the way. Uh, yeah. It's like a short. Maybe he's better at hiding it later. That was bigger on the inside than it was on the outside. It hadn't been there before, oh, too, right? right? He hadn't noticed or the building there before. Say that that it seemed bigger than it should have been. Mm. That would be just, that's pretty crazy if that was it. That's that's a question I'd ask yeah. Martin if I'd be like, hey, is, is, is the building like shade? Keep all these non Song of Ice and Fire questions on file if you ever get them. Yeah. <laughs> be so terrible yeah. that people care. <laughs> Yeah, also I said I would have two two interviews. One would be non-based yeah. and one would be Ice and Fire. So. I think from reading these stories, like, I really, like, I feel I feel bad that I didn't come to this stuff sooner because this is, like, I, it reminds me of some of my favorite science fiction. I just, I always associated him with A Song of Ice and Fire, even though I knew this came later in his career. But I, I really wish I would have gotten into his stuff earlier because he's, there's so much out there now. I feel like I'm always playing catch up or, you know, like, I'm I'm not reading this stuff as it comes out. So I wish I'd done it earlier, but I'm, I'm glad that we have dream songs and we have them all, you know, mostly in one yeah. or two, one or two collections. It's pretty easy to get your hands on most of them. Mm-hmm. Mm. Did we already talk about, since I missed the first couple minutes, did we talk about how stupid Kath Mullane is? <laughs> like if she already clearly knew what kind of person he was one, if his thing ate your puppy, I wouldn't ever go back to any party that he had, ever. After watching the video that he sent, why did she go to him alone instead of straight to the police? She basically just thought he was a wuss. And she was right. He killed her by accident. Yeah. 
Yeah, we don't know what point was like when the the Maw was controlling him or influencing him. If that was when he actually killed her, or was we know it was influencing him later with Lysandra. But was mm. that something he mm. did on his own, or did it just plant the seed and then he he did it? But I think I think she thought he was a coward, and she. Well, he, he did have to stop her from hitting opening the damn. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, which was which was a you know at the very least a legitimate thing to, for him to be worried about. <laughs> um. It was, that's, that was like the horror aspect of it because it was so close to stopping her. Like it was cracking yeah, exactly. and stopping, and then she like got one last burst of strength. And yeah, <laughs> she was dead, basically. Yeah. <laughs> she's she's tough though. Like I don't know. Like going into his house to shatter the tank. Like that's yeah, ballsy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I think she just you know didn't have any really good reason to actually be scared of him. And he was, you know, a coward and weak in a lot of ways, and so. Yeah, and from everything we've seen, we know that he always had people do his dirty work for him. So right. she really mm. would think there's no reason to. Well, well, and you one, I wonder to totally read more into it than is there, but I wonder if she was his last chance at kind of being a real person. Like she's kind mm. of a sensitive, normal person, and when that didn't work out, I wonder if he just like gave up and started drinking. But <laughs> uh, he's. That's so much more creepy than the Sand Kings are. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, the Sand Kings are supposed to be, like, have a certain, like, level of honor yeah, and stuff, but he messes them over. Courtly ritual. Yeah. He's the one who drove them to that. Well, I wonder how they originally met, like, Shade yeah. and uh, Whoa. If it was on his world or just somewhere in... Well, Whoa is, uh, is human, right? As far as we yeah. know. There's yeah. probably an arranged, an arranged right. marriage between... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're lovers. <laughs> well, they are... I mean, they're sentient, right? Yeah. Well, and with the one that is set up in their in their shop that she's taking care of and they're worshipping her, like, you figure he must have paid an insane amount. Like, if they're willing to come and clean up all this, and you imagine they still probably made a profit, I guess Sam, Sam Kings must be big business. Well, I mean, maybe. I think the cleanup is just cleaning up a mess. They don't want Sand Kings to be like exactly. deformed Sand Kings yeah. to be expanding across the planet. Right? And maybe right. more than more than that, they don't want like the author the Balder authorities to be like. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like they're a pretty well kept secret because like he can't really find anything on them, and the you know the, the hmm. guy that he has Radic or you know who's like an expert in, in thinks he's studying you know thinks they're insects, but they're we're told several times that they're really not insects. They just appear to be. But they seem like no one really knows about them. That they're pretty. Hmm. And her like her image is serene and peaceful because she takes care of them well and they're, ha- they're happy with her. Yeah, she's the New Testament God and he's the Old Testament <laughs> God. <laughs> I think that she'd be able to. I don't know. I mean, I guess at a certain point. Well, that, that's what I mean about like I wonder if how much they were just after the money because yeah. you would think that they would do some sort of serious screening to see because yeah. when he came to buy him, he was so interested in them fighting. You'd think that would be like the red flag or something. Shit is a pure capitalist. He's looking to make money. Like well, that's, that's his plan. Remember, they don't really care about them. So that's true. Yeah, they're, they're, they're not. They're not infants. Yeah. Like they still want to do good business. Yeah, and I would also imagine that, like, sure, these guys are dangerous, and the the Sand Kings wreck Cress. But like, if Shade sent a bunch of his workers in there, I don't think he'd have as much trouble. Oh no! Yeah, because they're huge and they can. And they don't know what to do. Yeah. So. Right, that's what's interesting. They said like we needed equipment to bring there. I was just interested. Yeah, I wonder what they just mean. Uh... All right, so they had it installed, and then uh, it, 
they come out, and then even even early on, he doesn't feed them properly. Like he's 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 too bored. He wants the the war to start quickly. So he... yeah. I mean, he he you, we get the impression that he's pretty restless. I mean, I remember having an ant farm. And, yeah. and you know, like wanting to just, <laughs> just watching it wasn't enough. But at no point did I like you know drop food and have them fight over it. It was more just to, to watch. But uh, yeah, he's he's definitely he wants instant gratification, and when he can't have it, he's trying to create it himself. He's pissed off when the oranges they just do like a. Shit job of uh, his yeah, they're, they're the idol, and they don't care. Idiot God, right? <laughs> they were always behind from the start, which you can see. There's like the genetic diversity, or like even coming out of it. Which is fitting that they're the ones that eventually, you know, get him in the end. <laughs> so yeah, the party, um, and then that's when Woe comes in and she uh, warns him that this is not the right way to go about it. And then she's gonna go talk with Shade about that. Well, and that seems like another point where you almost wonder, like, why didn't they come in and just take them back? Because, <clears throat> well, because they're insane. Or wait, sorry, at which point? <laughs> like when she came to the party and saw yeah. that he's using them for entertainment, and he's not treating them all that well. Well, it's, it's also, I think that, again, um, I was just looking at one of the last pages of the story, and she says a lot that the white maw is very unusual, that partially because of the way he injured it yeah. and partially because of the yeah. way he treated it there. It wasn't just the lack of food. It was that stabbing that really. Yeah. So like they don't usually get that big before they turn into the next stage. And I think she probably just assumed he'd call. Yeah. Yeah. Plus you don't, I guess you don't assume that people are going to be psychotic. Well, I mean, <laughs> I think the, the bigger issue, right? Is that, I mean, they didn't care about the maws and the, and the mobiles. It was, as long as they were in that tank, everything was fine. Mm, yeah, and so, I mean, true. she didn't have any reason to think, like, she didn't, you know, she was sort of disgusted by it, I think, you know, the way he was acting, but ultimately it's sort of like whatever to her. But, you know, as long as she had no reason to think they were going to get out yeah, and start growing. And if they got out and started growing, I think she would have been upset. Uh, like, once they were out, then there was a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she does seem to be really, like, the voice of reason, you know, when she comes in and she does have that kind of badass line where she says, look to your faces, Simon Crest, look to your faces. It kind of reminded yeah. me of Melisandre with, you know, look to your <laughs> sins, Lord Renly. But she, uh, you know, she's, she's obviously responsible for it because she's, she was, she's the one who brought them in. But, you know, she does, you know, she says, let them war in their own time for their own reasons. It's in their nature. She's, you know, that's, she's talking about people there. There's no reason for a, this crazy god to mess with the people when they're going to do all this on their own anyway. But yeah. And then, then it kind of goes off the deep end once they're out of, the, out of the cage and they do have to come in and clean house. But She does. I think she wants the best for him, just not the best for Cress. <clears throat> There's so many references to Shade. Like He's like, oh, he cannot be able to attend. Like, it's just like all there. The evidence is all there yeah. for him. That's what, well, that's what makes it a brilliant horror story. Is that like yeah. the whole thing, like, you know, like, really good horror or something, you know what's happening the whole time, and you just kind of can't realize it. I think Simon would like a Dothraki wedding, because <laughs> just like, there's just the one line, he's yeah, like, he considers his party's a failure, failure unless like at least one guest walks out and, like, yeah, in anger. Dungeon, I think is what he says. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so he has war games at his place, uh, and he keeps beating Chad Rackus, who has a gambling problem. Nearly. It's funny with all like the different animals that were brought over to fight the Sand King. Like the one thing that he George drew the line on showing was he wouldn't show the puppy getting eaten. It was mm. all, it was the only one that was after the fact where we saw like you know the puppy had destroyed the the castle, but he has no mm. tr no trouble showing birds and snakes and 
You know, hmm. it just goes, you can't show anything cute actually being killed on screen. It's, it's all got to be off screen. He wanted to ask Woe about the sankings, but he just keeps slipping his mind to, to, yeah. to do so. So they put the spider in, and then the spider gets beaten. They even like have a temporary alliance against it. The spider actually comes the closest, though. Yeah, because it goes straight for the maw. Yeah, we're meant to think that the maw actually ate the spider, right? It wasn't the the mobiles that actually did her in, because it crawled down the hole, and that was they. You know, he thought he won at that point, but somehow it had yeah. some sort of defenses, or it might have just opened yeah. its mouth and ate it. <laughs> yeah. It can take poison, apparently. Like it, it can eat yeah. poison, so it also. It just does, the story does such a good job of making your skin like literally crawl. And so I like the the world. He like it's. Ed- it's tough to, tough to put it in words, but the story seemed really organic. The way he wrote, it, it wasn't it, nothing really needed to be built on. You need, didn't need to know much going into it, and that made it more realistic for me. So when all this stuff was happening, it didn't really matter that it was in this crazy world with all the. It was just about this one guy at his house. Hmm. But all like the like you said, all the little hints and everything. It's it just is a it's a dark story. It just remind it just I felt not dirty, but I felt just creeped out all the time reading it. Yeah. The, the couple shades of, of light, you know, where, where, you know, Kath shows up or where they talk about the puppy or you realize that, you know, he calls the, the people on his viewfinder. It's almost like, oh, we're out of this world for a second and then we're right back into it, which is, it's, it's like, you know, Twilight Zone episodes make me feel that way where you just, you know, something's off the entire time. Yeah. I hope that makes sense. No, yeah, absolutely. Well, and it's definitely, I mean, it's, it's a, in the strangest way, it's relatable because these are characters that we've seen before. Um, they just happen to be in this different universe. Right. So he, he keeps taunting Kath Mullane. That's like his, he likes to do that. And she, in response, she reports him to the authorities and they send someone there who he routinely bribes. He was so, so close to getting stopped right there. <sighs> yeah. I think you, you guys said it right. I mean, like he's such a despicable character, but and yet when when this whole thing happens, you don't really want to see him die because it's just so creepy. You want him to get away. Yeah. It's like this duel. It reminded me of Theon. It was like he's such <laughs> a douchebag, but at at a certain point, nobody deserves that. Nobody deserves what happened to them. <laughs> yeah. When he stabs the uh, when he stabs the maw, like I that was like. I just I hated him at that moment. I felt so bad for the for the yeah. law, and then he just flips it, and you're like, "Oh, please, save Simon." <laughs> I was gonna say it's. I think. I mean, for me anyway, uh, it's not so much that I was hoping someone would save Simon. I just want somebody to fix the Sand King problem. Yeah. Right. So it's not so much that I'm. <laughs> oh no, Simon's gonna get killed. But it's just like, oh god, now these orange ones out in the desert, nobody knows. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? I think I think Shade will handle it. Yeah, they'll, 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 they'll check they'll out the, find the orange ones. It's. Yeah. I guess it's it's a little bit unclear as to which way he ran and how far away from. Yeah. House I feel like. Do you do you think he was uh, psionically influenced there? Because what's the odds of like going right to that that house? Oh. I think he was kind of drawn in that direction. Mm. That, no, he must have been. That makes. I never thought yeah, of that. Like that, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. yeah, and that makes sense why he didn't wasn't seen by Woe and Shade. He went the wrong way. Like he was pulled. Like it's just like to run for two hours and then to go right to that house. It's just like really low odds well, to do that normally. My question is, are the orange ones dangerous? Because they're, like they're dangerous to him, but unlike the white mm. ones, they haven't been like driven mad. Yeah, they were starved. Well, they got hungry though. Yeah, yeah. Like they were always the weakest ones, right? Like I think that there's. There's uh, <clears throat> psychological and probably also uh, maybe physical damage from, from being starved. 
Yeah, but like I, I don't know. I, they just also they seemed like the weakest, partially because they seemed almost like the nicest of the four. If that makes sense. Well, well, yeah, they were kind of beat up, teamed up against by the other sand kings yeah. before they were even out of the cage. So it makes sense mm. that they the first thing they did when they got out was just to to move house, you know, as far away from everything Take as possible. Off. Yeah. I mean, and kind of when he sees them, he's like, oh, there's six kids playing in the front yard. Like, it seemed like this very idyllic setting. And then, <laughs> uh-oh, not so much. But I kind of like the idea of thinking that they were just going to do their thing and, and not cause any trouble. So it goes against everything else in the story. There's not a lot of food out there, though. It's desert. So they're going to have to order in some food. <laughs> well, and you wonder if... Send those little guys to, like, the pizza parlor. Get out some pizza. Now that everybody... Now that the other three are gone, if if they would somehow fare better or do that thing where you're weak and you're picked on and then suddenly you're on top and you start bullying everybody else but yeah mm. there's not really anybody around <laughs> but they also they never ate any human flesh so they don't have the taste the way the whites did well they ate him now though so now they, they got well, the taste was the, house, was the house an actual house somebody else living out in the desert that they found and ate the people or was that a castle that they built that he just mistook for a house yeah I, that's, that's what, what I, I think yeah the latter yeah you know, he was he had yeah. in two days and was kind of crazy and just saw this yeah. you know thought he saw a nice cabin in the woods yeah. and turned because he did mention how- when he was certainly was under the influence at that point when he was that close but i'm just saying even before he was that close he was probably kind of pulled there because he's just running in a frenzy he doesn't know the direction i think he was kind of pulled in that general direction so he films the puppy getting killed and sends it to her Oh, it's a white that they they, they all they all make uh the like the whites do the best job of doing the edit god because like, they're most skilled. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she comes in, she gets killed. There's like a couple of rounds where he keeps like running away and coming back and running away and coming back. Like yeah. he keeps getting his courage back. But... The psionic stuff. I think he can't really like quite think clearly, hmm. which is the scariest part in its own way. Well, that and the the liquor, I almost felt like this was a yeah. a little uh, moral tale about drinking, <laughs> because it was just so he just kept he had to have a drink to clear his head, and he had to have a drink to do this and that, and you could see yeah. the the downward spiral. I kind of got the opposite though, because it felt like the only way to escape the psionic and being controlled was to to you know to go to drink so it almost seemed like that was his only time where hmm. he was thinking on his own hmm. that's just what i what i got out of it interesting yeah it's uh, he's definitely he's saying a lot he says a lot about a lot of things in the story but it's <laughs> it's interesting that you can we could both get something opposite out of that and then also yeah. i guess just thinking about it now um when he was out uh you know disposing of murder victims cars and stuff uh at that point like if if at any if at any point he was going to be outside of uh, psionic control, you would think it would have been then. Yeah. Hmm. It is nice to have a giant volcano <laughs> seven right? yeah. in your house that you yeah, can drop <laughs> things into. Yeah. And to be able to just hover right up to it instead of having to walk up or drive up. Like, just yeah. go over and plop it in. Certainly convenient for the disposal of. <laughs> he just takes to, like, butchering up her body quite easily. He's just like, he just does it. It's like he was a step away from that. Well, at that point, I was pretty sure right. he was under control of the... Hmm. Yeah, he's right beside it, too, right? And they're waiting. They're just waiting while he does it's it. It's like Wi-Fi. It's like there's a... walls and stuff in between, it, then yeah. it's, it's weaker. But when it's right there, he's <laughs> got a good connection. <laughs> All right, so they eat Kath Malane. 
Uh, and then Eddie, it, it's like, I guess, it kind of almost is like, I mean, they're not dating, but they kind of seem like to be like this dark relationship. But he's like, now I have to dispose of her. She knows about the video. So she gets lured in. This was one of the most creepy parts, because she's not even dead when she goes there. Oh. Like, she's thrown in alive. with Dreams the... for hours, right? Yeah. He just goes up to, like, the sensorium and dials up the music or the no, TV or something to A block it comedy, out. I think, yeah. <laughs> Sensoriums and joysticks. It's just TV and cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so he comes back and he wants to... Oh, the poison doesn't work. He tries to deal with them and they, they're very intelligent. But it's the intelligence that's able to do it. They're not just insects, right? They're able to ambush him and stuff. So he calls in Lysandra to deal with it. Unsuccessfully. Yeah. Well, they get two, right? So. Yeah. And, I mean, they were going to get the third one, right? It was just that he was yeah. under psych control or whatever. I don't know. I don't know if they would have succeeded. Well, well, if they burned the house down, then they would... Yeah. <laughs> if they could start a big fire, it would have killed them all. Yeah, I, I think that so. the house burning down and then, you know, maybe potentially lobbing explosives afterwards... I think they probably would have gotten it, but yeah, you're right. Maybe, yeah. maybe not. I got so excited when they ki- when they actually managed to kill them. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I at that point I didn't you weren't sure if it could happen, like if they actually even could after the the ground opens up and they're just mm. so tactically brilliant. Yeah, but like the lasers they were shooting yeah. were actually going for the castles, not what was underneath it. So it was, uh, right. you didn't think, but they they didn't get them. The second one was really easy because they just flew over and dropped the bomb on it. Like, there's, yeah. there's only so much the sand can do. Air superiority. They had it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was kind of funny after all the fights they did with his friends bringing in animals um, that he would just think, oh, I'll just poison them a little bit. Like, you, mm. you know, as, as people, we think we're, we're so superior. and But he just kept underestimating them at every turn. Okay, so so when they lose some of the operatives, he's just like, "Is this gonna really cost you?" I've lost it's still, still about people. Money, yeah, I'll pay for it. It's whatever it takes. Standards. Yeah. So he yeah he knocks the guy in and kills her, and then they eat them, and then he's going crazy, and then yeah he just keeps luring all, all the people that came to the war games come in and they all get killed. Yeah. It's like karma. Yeah. He also, I, he definitely is influenced when he shoves them down the stairs. Yeah. Yeah, because he that was a key moment. Him. He even himself realizes yeah, it. Yeah, he went from being like, "Oh, it's almost over. We're gonna get him," to like, "Wait a minute, no, let's do this yeah. instead." Because so, you know. they're putting the visions in his head of them coming and killing him, and he just like goes crazy. Yeah. That he's like has to stop that. Well, and it shows again because I didn't even pick up on that until you said it. Whoever said it. Um, about being controlled by the side. Like, yeah, there's that point where he's like, oh, shit, they're they're psionically controlling me. But, you know, you go back through the story and George drops these little hints like, oh, they've got this sign. And it, it reminds me of how I read, like, Ice and Fire and never pick up on any of the theories and never come up with any theories of my own because I just read it and I enjoy it. And I'm like, oh, but then there is so much that he puts in there. Yeah. You had, I think you mentioned that in one of the, the threads of things you don't, you know, secrets and everything. Yeah, I'm just like, oh. I, I'm the exact same way. Like, I feel, I don't feel stupid, but I feel that I miss something when I, when I, because the first time you read, you just, you're in it for the story. And one thing I think, like, 
the podcast and every all the spinoffs has made me a more critical reader. I, I consciously try to be a more critical reader to, to pick up on this stuff. But still, mm-hmm. the first time through, it's just it's all about the story, and then then it's you got to go back to it. But yeah, I'm you're definitely not the only one who doesn't pick up on that kind of stuff. <laughs> so they basically keep him grounded there, like they take over the skimmers, so he's stuck there. Um, and he can feel the hunger. Yeah, it's being projected to him. That's such a scary part. Yeah. yeah, feeling someone else's hunger that is pretty creepy. <laughs> yeah, and they're, they're still carving his face in the wall that right now while this is going on. They're still. But it's almost, yeah. At that point, he's almost like a mascot. Like he's a, it's a yeah. threat. Also, it's, uh, it's so he's they, stuck. Know, they don't have another god to, to worship. So no matter how cruel he is, they still have to. That's yeah. that's what they put up on their walls. He almost like gets away. He could have got him with Jad, but he's too slow about it. He's like, "What's wrong, Simon? I don't understand." It's like, just like, <laughs> yeah. When I'm reading that, I'm like, "Take off, take off, just take off!" Ah, oh, damn it! Yeah. <laughs> and then the red eyes jumped in and grabbed him. They tore him apart. Oh. And then they're like immobile. I guess they're in transition phases when he notices that and calls for help. Well, the strength of the the psionic push must be weakened when he's not. Oh, just that he was able to call. Yeah. Help. I don't even know like how much like I mean they're intelligent but they don't cover like every single action he does it so he's, he goes down like during this thing and it, it stinks like there's a ghastly odor coming from the basement and there's a white fungus and it's like how much of this is this is this true of all the all the maws or maybe this one's injured that like it's partly like that yeah I think it's that it's injured because the yeah. the art the orange ones he sees at the end have I mean it's creepy that they have his face. But, like they're clearly like they're not hot or like yeah. gross or infected or the way that those ones. Yeah, we don't know if that was like just the like, cocoon stage or anything, you know the transformation period because I think when he meets the orange ones, they've already passed through that stage. They're already something else. Yeah. Now. But uh, this had one of the yeah. creepiest scenes for me was just him waking up and like seeing the one sitting on his dresser and then like going back to sleep. Try no, please let it not be there. Please let it not be there. The awful stuff <laughs> yeah. that just that's the one scene yeah. that in my head just I can just imagine waking up and just seeing this thing sitting there like yeah. oh another day in hell. But you know it turned out a little better for a little. Yeah. This is something I'd want to see in animation form just because like a live action is just a bit too much for me. I think I don't think I want to see all of this in live action. I would rather see it in animation form. It'd be so hard to do, even with the effects nowadays. Like it's so creepy, it'd be hard to recreate that. So he contacts them. They're, they're going to come deal with the cleanup. This is another thing that just kind of has to forward the story. But if he'd have spent five more minutes on them, giving them more information, you know, he never told them you need to get underground. You know, just right off the bat, they came and they thought they were killing the mobiles, but that really mm. isn't going to, they could do that for hours. Yeah, he gave them <laughs> really bad information. <laughs> yeah. Because if they'd known that all they had to do was kill the castle, they could have bombed them from the start. Yeah. yeah. And then you would have had the whole crew and they could go after the one in the basement. Yep. And we wouldn't have as good a story, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, the same thing would have happened, though. They would have killed the, the, the more efficiently outside, but then he might have still tried to backstab them. Although, I guess there would have been four of them. Yeah, it would have been harder to backstab four. There were four of them that he probably wouldn't have uh, been successful. Yeah. Hmm. He wouldn't have been as worried, too. Like, they would have been taking them out so easily. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he just runs out. He doesn't take any water or any equipment or anything. He just runs out into the desert. Well, the, the, the whites are just about to wake up, right? They're just coming out. 
Four tiny hands covered with pinkish yellow blood came out of the gap. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, I, maybe I don't want to have to see the graphic novel. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think the graphic novel is, is okay because it's, I don't know, I find it's easier to see it in that kind of form than if it was like a live action like, type of thing. But yeah. He runs out there and then he's like, he's planning to have revenge. He's like, yeah, I'm going to get some other eliminators and send them after Woe and Shade. Gets there and then you get the creeping end when they get taken by the children and taken into the house. And now they all have his face. Now, is it like all, all the Sand Kings would end up like that? Like for their mobiles, they would have had his face in the final stage? Yeah, I thought that's weird too. Or I guess that's not the final stage, right? That's just the second stage. It's the middle one. And yeah, Woe says that they all they take different shapes depending on their needs. It's interesting that that's the one they take though. Hmm. Well, yeah. you wouldn't, what, what did you guys, or what did you guys think was actually going to happen to him? Cause just with the, the way things are going, you expect them to just straight eat him, but he's still their God, right? So are they going to take him captive? What's... I think they're going to eat him. They're hungry. <laughs> this is my body. Take of it. Eat of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, I forget who it was saying that they were in the desert and we're having, might have trouble getting food. Um, yeah. they, the oranges made the transition to the second stage, which requires a huge amount of food on their own mm. in the desert. Well, that's why I was yeah, wondering if, if that was a house, in fact, and not a castle. Like, if oh, it was and they a house with the people. people. Yeah. Mm. And they could have just eaten a bunch of the mobiles, right? They, they did yeah. that at one point when there was no food. Woe told them that they'll, they'll just eat, you know, a certain amount of the mobiles to make up for it. Hmm. Hmm. Like they, they were, they were grabbing like dead mobiles and taking them over to eat them. Like or just like, you know, killing field. a portion of their population so the rest can, can, can thrive. That doesn't seem like it would be energy efficient to be eating your own mobile. Like, it's not going to do it, I think. Do your own mobiles? Yeah. I think they eat other other mobiles oh, from other... Yeah. Yeah. Down <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But the house is built of crumbling sand. Like, I think they built the whole right, thing. Was it wasn't that... There wouldn't be a house there in the middle of the desert. Like, does this make sense that there would be... Well, unless it was uh, some cr- crazy, rich, creepy psychopath who... Yeah, but it wouldn't be a shabby house built of crumbling sand. We did have like, a big rock jock problem, so maybe they ate all the rock jocks. We don't know how big they are or what they consist of. <laughs> hmm. But I did feel bad for the shambler like when it was being carried past him in pieces. Yeah. It was like, oh, I, don't, I mean, I can <laughs> help you die, but this this was just, a, he's just trying to get by, and he just looked at him like, <laughs> you did this to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was my final note. Did he, like, I don't think he went there by accident. He, his path was influenced by he that. Yeah, to have been learned. Yeah. I like that idea. I hadn't thought So what what happens after this point? Will and Shade show up and they clear out the whole area? I think they just bomb this house and then they go back and take care of the little orange ones. Maybe maybe take them back and and sell them to some other poor guy. In the yeah, the orange ones might be able to be still dealt with. Like so, they're, they're saying there's three stages and they're in the second stage. Is that is that, yeah. is that what it is right now? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So it is possible in the third stage they might not still be a house anymore. It might become. Something sure. that it can move. More mobile. But but it but probably it would. Well, I mean, I guess how do they get shade? Yeah, it, it it would be a big change to suddenly change from a house to something that can move. Yeah, it would be odd. Mm. I I mean, that's yeah. I don't know. That's how. What does that work? Like the evolution-wise, like it makes sense. They would just be permanently sitting there, and the mobiles go around and do that. Mm. But uh, hmm. It's another mark of a good story that it lets it leaves you wanting wanting to know more. Like it had a good 
you yeah. know, punch gut in the you know ending with the surprise. Oh my god, I'm getting eaten! But it, it, it didn't yeah. wrap it up nicely. Which, which yeah. I'm gonna go with the that shade is the building theory. I like the <laughs> came up with that theory. And he can just control everything. He's like he's in the third stage, so he doesn't stink or whatever. He's not yeah. he's not unhealthy. That makes sense. And he has like the fog and stuff. Yeah. Well, so in that case, just, um, why did Woe say that she and Shade were coming? Well, it just means like the his his fingers are coming, like his mobiles. Yeah, yeah, so, so, I mean, she's in her pocket. Like, he doesn't come before though. I guess so yeah, that's true. He doesn't come. Pretty specific that. He doesn't, you know, shade doesn't. Yeah, but they, they needed equipment to, to move that house there. Yeah, so, so that's, that's like a giant possibility, right? I thought maybe they, <laughs> they need a giant skimmer to pull. Yeah, <laughs> they're putting him, they're putting him on a truck like Optimus Prime. They're gonna drive him over there, and they. <laughs> and then you wonder if the fourth stage is is Grishka. It's funny. As much as I like this story, I. I feel like I don't have as much to say about it as I do some of his others. Yeah, I think we covered it pretty well. It's just like it's such a, it's so straightforward in some way. Like it's, it's well done and intricate and well crafted, but it's not like it doesn't delve into themes as deep as like love, second kind of loneliness or a song from Leah. Yeah, there's really just fear and horror, not actual feelings that have a lot of depth. Just the whole religion, you know, just what responsibility does a god have for its creations? You know, that's hmm. sort of, woe has one view and he has another on that. But uh, it's, it, it makes you think about how uh, different people can treat, uh, like, view their god differently. Like, the Orange just did kind of view him as a, not a benevolent, much of an evil guy, when the others, you know, went the other way. But it was, uh, I liked how it made you think about just uh, creation in general and, and interpretation of, of where, where you came from. Mm. Hmm. In relation to the uh, when what was talking about earlier, it says in the tank they won't develop, they won't go larger, they won't shed this thing, so they will never go past the first stage. Like if they're in the tank, they're basically just—it's basically like as it said that the analogy of being sperm. It's like if you threw sperm together and had a war, is that being cruel to the sperm? Like they have no—they have no knowledge, right? They have no no real sentience. Sperm are That's adorable. the way that the sentience. <laughs> That's what the, that's what the Sand Kings view it like that. Shade views them like sperm, which would actually be a super cool pet. Like that would be so entertaining. If only he didn't need that. I mean, the Sand Kings are, as I said, they would just have their wars with like alliances and stuff, and it'd be interesting to see. It'd be like those turtle wars, wars that George <laughs> wrote about. Yeah, exactly. They have betrayals and. Yeah, but the Sand Kings themselves don't have like an end game. You know, if that's all they're doing is just making one alliance, like what is? They're not really. That's just their nature to constantly do that. But they're not really trying to achieve anything, right? Right. They they won't get out of the tank. I guess at some some point there might be one winner, but it'll just be stuck in the tank, just sitting there and eating. Like. Did you read the? I didn't reread the little intro to the story, but I remember him saying something about he had planned on doing a bunch of woe and shade stories and never did. And I thought that would have been really cool because they're just so kind of on top of it and badass and know everything about everything kind of I think they could take stories to a lot of cool places maybe we will maybe the next anthology will be like I don't know squishy aliens or gross alien (laughs) collection and there'll be a woman shade story in there oh lord (laughs) He's, he's got a lot of projects going on we know that well, some are in Haviland Tough database. There's cells for Sand Kings. Mm-hmm. Is that right? He's got everything in that. 
Well, it's good. It's good to chat about it. Thanks for coming back to continue this uh, yeah, exploration no, of the Martin Sphere. Yeah. yeah. But what are we doing next is a good question. Well, someone posted in, I think it was for the, the uh, Song of Laia that we did, that he listed all the uh, the um, the books that are, the stories that are in the George verse. So mm-hmm. um, hmm. I'm not sure which ones are. This one is, we don't know chronologically, but this was written later, but I don't know if you wanted to go in any type of order or just jump around. I guess we can do some of the George first ones. Yeah, yeah let's, let's do the George first one next. Those are yeah. my, awesome, my favorites. Well, in Sand Kings, by the way, it's it's listed. It won both the Hugo and the Nebula Awards. So this is this was big. Yeah, this is him. one of his most. 1979. Would we want to do? Um, we could do it in seven times. Never kill a man. I like that. I don't think I've read that for a while. We are, but we could also uh, do Night Flyers or. Night Flyers is a long one. I don't mind talking about it though. Like yeah, that is a good. That is that is the longest one of the ones we've covered. Which is the one with the religion stuff? The Space Pope or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one of my favorites. I would do that. Yeah, I don't know what that's called. I don't see that in the... Yeah, it's not, it's not, on, this, it's not on this yeah. list. Um, it's, it's in Dream. With Morning Comes with Misfall is a good one. Yeah, Let's do that. We, could, we, could, could, we could potentially pair that with a second one because it's not that long, but that's one I want to do. Let's do, Let's do Morning Comes, comes Misfall. Deal. Plus something else, maybe. Good. All right, well, we'll, we'll see... Uh, for our listeners out there who are following along, we'll see you next time. Yeah. yeah. Pleasure recording with you guys as always. Yeah. Yes. Are we going to do any after-show game on this thing? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe what creature you would like? Yeah. A- Sand kings for everyone. No, yeah. Thank you. Not scorpions. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> the one who breaks the, the cage. Yeah. Marry I like her. her. I like woe. I'd marry woe. Yeah. Everyone. <laughs> 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 I want a shambler doodle. It's a cross between a labrador uh, and a oh. shambler. <laughs> yeah, if, you actually take, if you actually took care of it, it'd be a, it'd be a cool uh, pet. It managed you to take climb care of it. the top of his house and eat a hawk, so you know it's pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you keep it from eating your girlfriend's puppy. Yeah, everything else living around you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, hang up and see if this recorded. <laughs> see, see, see if we're on the darkling plane or not. Yeah. <laughs> the rain has moved on and left a new day. Nothing seems to move, everything is still. It's just a Shadows and light that move with the wind, hidden by its cross, splashed with sun's Just a Here